I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotor Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen, and you join us in the aftermath of Sunderland's 1-0 defeat at home to Blackpool. Unfortunately, the lads couldn't pick up a a much-needed victory in a game against a team one place below us in the table. Um, Fantastic goal, just one of those days, really, but the performance left a lot to be desired, and in a break away from tradition, we're not going to rate the players tonight because it, it just was one of those games where I think we'd probably all sit giving fives and sixes out. And uh, instead, we're going to maybe try and look at the wider picture and what this means and how we can kick on from here. And uh, joining me is Bomber. How are we doing, mate? All right, Gav. Yeah, not too Lovely. bad. Getting too used to coming on and talking about mediocre performances recently. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and uh, Craig, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, not bad. I think you would have been generous with fives and sixes, so I'm pleased that we've scrapped the ratings <laughs> and uh, we'll somehow try and summarise what we've just well watched. Yeah, Sunderland are currently sat fourth in the League One table. Obviously, automatic promotion is over and done with because we are 10 points behind Peterborough, so we can't go up automatically. All those people who were clinging on to that notion, we're just about clinging on to our place in the playoff spots, to be fair. I mean, Portsmouth... Uh, they drew with Accrington tonight, and it was a late goal from Accrington which got them level. Otherwise, Portsmouth would have been just two points behind us. Um, you know, looking just outside the playoff spots is is Oxford creeping up just behind them, or uh, Charlton. So, um, I mean, although our place isn't guaranteed, I think a point will probably do it tonight's performance. Though it's, a, I think, bomber, isn't it? You've kind of just got to hope we just crawl over the line and allow the pressure to. To reduce and 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 sort of think about the playoffs. I mean, Lee Johnson and his post-match comments. He certainly seemed to be talking about as though we've already qualified for the playoffs and just needing to get ourselves into a good position for that. Yeah, it is more about the the position we end up going into the playoffs now. Obviously, you want that that second leg of the semi-final to be at the stadium and light, ideally, which means a third or fourth place finish. Um, I I would agree with Lee Johnson. I think. I think the playoffs are guaranteed. I think we only need one point, and you know we're playing Northampton and Plymouth, which, with the greatest respect, we should. You'd like to think, anyway, we'd get at least a <laughs> well. point <laughs> yeah, from those two games. So yeah, and 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 obviously in his in his post match, he's saying about making sure that we peak for for twenty days time or whatever it is. Um, so he's obviously got both eyes firmly fixed on on Wembley and um a, and a playoff place and and promotion via that route. Um, I don't think 
I don't think all three of those teams are going to catch us to the point where we drop out altogether. So I'd be very much of that mindset as well. You know, let, let's use these two games, obviously get the results, but use these two games to prep for for what will be three games which will define our season and, you know, send us into jubilation or meltdown. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit flat today, Craig, wasn't it? Particularly early yeah. doors. I mean, if you quickly look at the if we quickly look at the stats from the game, they don't tell the full story because looking at that, if you hadn't watched the game, you'd think Sunderland actually played really well. We had 13 shots apparently, five on target, 56% of the possession, made more passes. Um, we had loads of corners. We had 12 corners to Blackpool's four. Um, so on the balance of that, you would think we were maybe a little bit unlucky, but I, to be honest, I don't think we were. I think it was a pretty even, poor game one moment of absolute brilliance separating the two teams. Yeah, I, I'd fully agree with that. I mean, the stats certainly do not tell the full story at all, do they? Because I think the first half, everybody was tweeting the same, that it was it was terrible. Um, it was probably the worst game of football that we've seen in a long time from mm. two uninspiring sides who perhaps were set up initially not to get beat. But I think it was just indicative, really, of the, the sorry season that we've had so far um summed up in 90 plus minutes and for me it's it's a bit of a painful reminder of the problems that we're going to have regardless of what division we're in next season i think that um we, we looked really really leggy tonight we looked short on creativity short on confidence and i mean i think lee johnson's right you know there there is still plenty of time to save this and and peak at the right time there's always one of those sides who come into it really late on but I mean, by God, they all look shot for confidence after tonight, don't they? And um, yeah. I don't think there's many positives that we can really take away from that. It was a funny performance, like I say. Um, people are searching for answers, and I guess Lee Johnson is. I mean, he, in his post-match comments, he talked about having to earn his money now because we're on such a bad run. But he did draw on the on the, the position he took us from, you know. He said, let's be honest, the opportunity is there. When I was standing on the touchline in that first game and we were 11th, I'd have probably taken the position we're in now. I've I said that to you the other day, Craig, when we were talking. Like, I think when you take stock of things, this is this is a good position, all things considered. But the, the we can't ignore the form. We can't sit here and pretend everything's great because clearly it is. It isn't. There's a there's a confidence problem. Maybe you, you you're watching the manager sort of chop and change constantly and look for solutions to the problems he's got. But at the same time, I look at the way he rotated the defense out tonight. And he doesn't have any defenders. He's got one, which is a young lad on the bench, Ollie Younger. And we've had a bunch of suggestions to in the in the replies to the tweet I stuck out before on on the Rotor Report Twitter account asking people what they thought Johnson could and should do in order to get us back in track. A lot of people think that Ollie Younger should come into the team. Is it too little too late, do you think, with with regards to that? Or you know, is it time to maybe bring him in on the right of the three and, and give it a go? It's never too late, but I think mm. the the expectancy is, is just because he's a natural defender and he's fully fit, people are going to assume that he's going to come in and do a job and we don't necessarily yeah. know if he's capable of that. I think we, we discussed it the other day that he played in the Rochdale game and he looked fine, he didn't look out of place and I've got you know every confidence that if he does get an opportunity, I'm sure he'll seize it. But that being said... I I think now if you kind of you know chop and change a little bit further, let's see if it doesn't go to plan. You know he he's going to be in the firing line, isn't he? I think if yeah. if we are going to put him in 
he's going to have to play in a three because we've seen again tonight that that Bailey Wright and Luke 9 although it was a little bit better than it has been, they just don't fill you full of confidence, them two, do then I think you need no. to maybe offer them with a bit of extra protection. Um, but yeah, I, we just look brittle at the moment. And I think over the course of the next few days, Lee Johnson really is going to have to kind of go back to basics and just think of how he can just put this right. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that a few of the other lads in the 23s are probably going to be knocking on the door as well. Um, in other positions, obviously the young lad Hawks are scoring goals, Dan Neal's assisting and scoring goals. So there's opportunity for those. Um, and now they've just got to really seize it if it comes their way. But I'm still a little bit apprehensive um, about Younger. Like I said, he, he hasn't been involved that much. Um, I, I can't confidently say whether he'd do the job or not because, just quite frankly, we haven't seen enough of him. Yeah. Another one that people have have mentioned quite a lot, Bomber, is, and we've talked about this in the past, Chris Maguire was on the bench tonight and didn't see any action. And you sort of think, and we said this the other week when we, we, we discussed him on the pod about how when, you, when you're desperately seeking a goal, he is the one player we have in, in, in the amongst those options where you think, well, if the ball falls to him 20 yards out, he's capable of sticking that in the top mm-hmm. corner. If there's a corner sort of headed clear and he's standing on the edge of the box or it falls to him, he's one of the players in the team you'd expect to stick it away. But the problem is, is that clearly the manager isn't a, fa- a fan of him because he would have he would have featured by now, wouldn't he? Yeah, we 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 know now that he tried to move Maguire on in January and Maguire um, allegedly refused the, the the move and wanted to stay, which you know is is kudos to to Maguire. But that statement made it should have made it clear to Chris Maguire that he wasn't going to feature and he wasn't going to play. Um, there is a danger that Maguire is going to be Lee Johnson's. Uh, McGeady to what to what he was to Parkinson, um, in in that he's cutting his nose off to spite his face because you know that Blackpool goal today. There's only really one person that I can imagine from our team or our squad who's capable of doing that, and that is Chris Maguire. Um, yeah. and you know how many times has as Chris Maguire popped up either off the bench or for, even from starting a game in a big moment or in a big game when we need him the most, he's popped up with a bit of magic. And and scored a late equaliser or a late winner or got got us back into the game, you know we've had that arsenal that that weapon on the bench for the last what was it now three four five games at least yeah and um and he's not used it um and it has been to the detriment of the of the team and I think to the detriment of the results because I think he probably could have popped up with something that could have got us an extra point or an extra two points you know if you're asking me do I think he should be he should feature. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think he got the potential of making a difference in the playoffs. If you're asking me if I think he will, unfortunately, I think the answer is still going to be no. No, no. Guinness Guzler on Twitter says, makes a series of good points, actually. Um, he thinks we should rest McGeady. He's had a knock and we need to keep him fit. Go 4-3-3. Stop trying to overcomplicate things. Give Younger a chance, which might let us get 0-9's engine into midfield. And he ends by saying he's not confident at all, but he has to try something different. The yeah, I think I think it sort of touches on what you said before about not overcomplicating things and going back to basics. I think four three three in this little series of games has probably been the best system for us. When he played sort of Winchester, I think with Scowen and Ledbetter, and we just I think it was against Hull, and we looked quite good actually. Mm. If it was me as well, I would I would be starting Jones, and I would be given more opportunities to Jack Diamond as well. I don't disagree with with what he's saying there actually about resting McGeady because as as great as he is, he's right. He's had a knock recently. We need him for those playoff games to be at his peak 
And I always think about, I, I listened to a podcast with Ryan Giggs, he did with Carragher a while ago, and he talked about how when he was older, Ferguson would always tell him, like, I need you fit for this game in like three weeks or a month. And he wouldn't play for, for those three weeks in the Premier League. But as soon as that big game came around, he played and he was a massive part of the game. And he would more often than not, you know, play really well. Sometimes you've got to manage your older players a little bit differently. Um, and I'm not saying <laughs> that, that Aidan McGeady's Ryan Giggs, but he is a decent age. He's played a lot of football this season. He took a really bad knock the other week and he'll be playing through through that injury, you would imagine. He'll, pr- he'll still be carrying a knock. I think, yeah, with these last two... And it's, these are two free hits for me. I, I, it's going to take an absolute disaster for Sunderland not to qualify for the playoffs. Um, and I don't think it's that much of a risk anyways to put Jordan Jones on the left in his place. He's, he's a brilliant player. So for me, yeah, just try and maybe get back to basics and... I said this on Twitter sort of like tongue-in-cheek, but I it, I think we should treat it a little bit like a, a mini pre-season in that just sort of don't take your foot off the gas, obviously, because I felt we did tonight. But at the same time, make sure you use these games to benefit what comes after, which will be the playoffs. Sort of, you know, manage your time of your, of your like I say, your older players and just try and find a way of winning again. Like, I think today... In the game against Blackpool, we farted on with it too much. Like the 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 starting eleven, he only made one change. Fair enough, but during the game, we we switched systems two or three times. When when it seemed obvious to me that we needed some legs on a half time, we waited too long to actually change it up in that respect. And as we've already touched on, Chris Maguire was sat on the bench. He brought on Ross Stewart, who for me, I mean, he doesn't look like. I think Ross Stewart would probably be better off starting games as an impact player. I struggle to see what he brings because he's very, mm. very like for like when it comes to white. Like he's a big lad, tries to run about a bit, but is he going to change a game in your favour? Probably not. Okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, we've had a bunch of questions on Twitter. Michael Thomas, this isn't a question, but what he says is players have to take responsibility. Man for man, do your job, win your battles. Second best is not fucking good enough. Sick of it. Very frustrated, Craig. Right, but he's right in the sense that they need to take some responsibility. Of course, for the performances. I mean, as we've touched on, very flat for the majority of the game tonight. You would expect now in the last two games for them to just kick on and pick it up a bit. Yeah, he's absolutely right in fairness. And I think, you know, to be fair, we've kind of happy clapped our way through a lot of the recent performances. And it is maybe a little far too simplistic at times just to say, well, you know, it's because the squad is suffering from like a lot of injuries. We were suffering from the same injuries when we went through that winning period. I think at the moment there is more than enough experience and there's more than enough nous in there to get the job done. And especially against some of like the, the limited opposition we've played against. We, yeah. we should have took points against Wigan. I mean, Christ, we should have even beat Hull and they're, they're going to be crown champions. Um, we, we need really to get that steely mentality back into the group because it's been lost. And after watching that one back tonight, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, where's the leader on the pitch? You go 1-0 down and we, we talk about it all the time, but the heads have gone. Where's the one person who's rallying around them, you know, and, and, and getting them focused and getting them energised and getting them going again? You just you just don't see it. I think the body language has been poor in the past couple of games and although every performance in this run hasn't been a bad one, you know, the longer it goes on, 
it's it's going to be harder and harder to snap out of. So yeah, I I think that although it's 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 very easy to point the blame at the manager, he's going to have to take his even share of that. But the players have got to look at themselves as well because they know that they're capable of delivering better. Um, and Chris McGuire, for example, who we've mentioned, if I was him, I'd be knocking on Lee Johnson's door immediately, saying, "Look, it's not working. Put me in. Get me involved." Because if you're wanting to change a game, you're looking at somebody like him there to come on, high stakes mm. player. Yeah. You're chasing a game. You need a point. You need three points. Whatever. Um, you know, somebody like him is going to give you a moment of magic, and and that's what we're missing right now. We we don't look the same sort of ruthless side who's who's taking every opportunity. There was a good few chances that obviously their goalkeepers kept them in it tonight, but um, a few weeks ago, you know, we were converting just about every one of them that that was falling our path, and now it's not. So we need to change it up a little bit and um, and hopefully do something different because I think we're very easy to play against at the minute. Do you know what it seems like to me? Just quickly, Gav. Sorry, um, it it seems to me that during this this good run that we had where everyone's buzzing, everyone's talking about, you know, we could actually go up as champions, we could finish in the top two. It seems that that head of steam has just been built up and built up to that point. And then once that's taken away from us when in that game against Peterborough and we're, we've come to the realisation that it's going to be the playoffs, um, the players just seem to have forgotten that they're still uh, uh, the playoffs are still there as an option. It's like everyone's focused on catching Peterborough and Hull then that all of a sudden can't happen or is looking exceptionally unlikely that it will happen. And it just kind of looks like now they're just playing out the rest of the season. Whereas us as fans are screaming at the TV screens going, you know, we can still fight for the playoffs. We're still, you know, we're still in that, in that playoff hunt and we can still get promotion. But it looks like the players at the minute just don't echo those sentiments and certainly not playing like a team that should be fighting for, for places in the playoffs. No, I think the players themselves know that one good performance and the mood will flip. Mm. That's all we need. We need. We just need to go out on Saturday and we we really need to just go out and win convincingly. And I think Johnson touched on this in his comments about how you know we do we do seem to do lots of the right things, but maybe you know little tweaks here and there and and the the goals would go in. I know I'm being very happy clappy at this point and. <laughs> sort of trying to see the, the positives in as much as I can. But I do actually think, you know, we've got enough quality to see off the poorer teams and we've got two poor teams to play. And, you know, you've just got to hope that between now and Saturday, they can have an honest conversation in the in the academy tomorrow morning. They can all get round a table and have it out and say, right, lads, look, we need to fucking sort this out. We have two games left. You either want to be a championship player next season or you're going to end up playing in League One. And not just that, uh, if you love playing for this club as much as you you know we believe you do, you, you, you're fighting for your, your, your spot at the club because if this team goes up, then you have a great opportunity to retain your spot, to, to play championship football next season at a brilliant club when fans are back in the stadium. But if we continue to toss it off and, and, we, and we throw this away... Then you'll all be out. Majority of you will be out of contract, looking for new clubs, and you won't be retained because the club will look to go down a different avenue, and it'll be your loss. It'll be your loss, and you'll not be able to play for Sunderland. And I think, I think for a lot of these players, this is the biggest club they'll ever play for, mm-hmm. and they need to remember that. And there needs to just be a very, very honest conversation amongst those players, doesn't it, Craig? Really, when I think about it, I just I think that they there's enough experience in that squad now. To be able to deal with this pressure and and sort of handle it in a in a very mature way, yeah. And 
they were rightfully praised all of those weeks where they were ending all of these curses or we'll finally beat Burton Albion, we'll finally beat a Joey Barton side, we'll finally beat Fleetwood. So if, like you said, you win one game and all of a sudden the mood and mentality just, just changes, as is the nature of football fans, isn't it? Like, especially Sunderland fans, if you literally give us the tiniest amount of, of hope and optimism, it, it does, it get, it's just a complete 180, it gets you believing in everything again. Hence the reason why we, you know, we'd all wrote the season off so many times and all of a sudden we, we were believing again because the players believed and it's it's that in unison. If if they don't believe, then then we don't believe. And if you look at it, I think based on the league table now, if it finished as it was, I think we'd play Blackpool again in the playoffs. I'm not 100% sure on that, but over the course of those two games, they're not exactly 100% better than us. I appreciate they beat us and they haven't conceded a goal against us in two outings, but there weren't anything spectacular to write home about. We've beat sides this season who were comfortably better than they were. Mm. We've just yeah. shot ourselves in the foot. We've been wasteful in front of goal. And I think that's what they've got to look at. If that that, that quote resurfaced again from McGeady, having to go at the players a couple of years back, saying if you're happy to draw with, with Akron and Stanley at home, you'll never go anywhere. And I think something like that needs to be reinstilled just to basically say, like, look, this is not good enough. And you know that you're better than this. So deliver it. But like I said, I think I've got some concerns in respect of who's capable of standing up and actually delivering that message because, Christ's sake, if we keep going 1-0 down and the heads are going down, then nobody's going to believe in them and one of them's yeah. going to have to take it by the scruff of the neck. We all talked about Max Power and you know the responsibility that he's took upon himself to, to display those, those attributes that you want as a captain and not to necessarily dig him out, but I haven't seen that in recent weeks. I haven't seen somebody who's going to be you know rallying around the players and, and giving them a kick up their ass and giving them the praise when they need it and, and digging them out not since that Oxford game in a, in a weird like ironic way it rattled both teams big style that day where we come out of that with maximum points but it's almost like whatever's happened in that halftime uh, tunnel where the incident was it seems like we've just fell apart we're now just a shell of ourselves so it has to change and again, the evidence is there to show that they can do it. So do it. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah, there's nothing. I, I wouldn't say there's anything to fear, though, Bomber. Really, there's, like I say, two fairly, fairly straightforward games. I think on paper, you know, two struggling teams, but we we have a lot of quality in our squad, and we're not we're just not realizing that quality at the minute. I mean, like like Craig's just said, you're looking at the likes of Power, for instance, who's the captain. And the leader, and I actually to be fair, Craig, I'm a li- I feel a little bit sorry for Power in the sense that he's, and I said this the other week, he's shifted around too much for me. Like today, he's played two. He played right back, then he played right centre half. Then I think did he go into midfield? He did go into midfield. Yeah. He's, not, he's not the only one, mind. In yeah. fairness, he's not. I mean, Gooch has had to do it as well. And I think what has been asked of these players, in truth, it's been like incredible, and it it is testing on them not only mentally but physically as well. And people will forget about that, that our injury record is it's absolutely minging. And you've got Luke 9 at left centre-back and then right centre-back again today. You know, these lads have played absolutely everywhere where they've, they've, they've been asked. And like I said, that's a credit to them. But I think with that in mind as well, they've got to try and draw on the positives from that to say, actually, I tell you what, we've managed to fight ourselves up to fourth in the league um, with a makeshift team. And with injuries galore throughout the squad, we're missing a solid spine in that team. 
at this point, like I said, you know, if they're capable of playing out of position and still competing with these sides, why can't they find that extra 5 or 10% to go and finish the job? Yeah. Some final thoughts on the performance against Blackpool and Bomber. Are you, how much can we really dwell on on what we've seen? Uh, well, uh, for me personally, I, I'm not. I'm not going to dwell on it. Um, you know, I've resigned myself to the to the, to the fact that we're going to be in the playoffs. Um, I would have liked to have seen something that would have given me confidence or optimism going into it. Um, yeah. I've, I'm not saying that I'm not optimistic, but I've not been seen anything tonight that has kind of solidified that optimism or yeah. or enhanced it um the one thing that i i would say this result and this performance aside is that you look at the teams that are in those playoff positions you know your lincolns uh your portsmouths oxfords blackpools none of those teams have uh, have turned us over i know we've lost to the obviously we've lost to blackpool and we lost to portsmouth that one in, earlier in the season was probably a bit of a hammer in the 3-1 but those teams we've all put to the sword at some point at this this season, with exception to Blackpool. So I wouldn't have any fear going into it. And you know, on paper, we've got I would say we've got more match winners than any of those uh, any of those sides. So you know, a one off game at Wembley or or, or a semi final across two legs, I, I'd back us. Um, so I'm still optimistic, but I've not seen anything in that result today that that kind of <laughs> suggests or, or tells me why I should be optimistic. But I still am. Yeah, you just got to have a little bit of hope, I think. Yeah, there's always yeah. hope, mate. Are you still hopeful, Craig? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I said to yeah, you about five, ten minutes after full-time, I'm st- genuinely still 100% convinced that we're going to win the playoffs. Mm. Um, and I haven't even drank anything today, so that's quite remarkable, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but, I mean, look, like I said, it was it was an ugly game. There wasn't much in it. Both teams cancelled each other out. And I, look, they, maybe they shaded it in possession at some points in the first half. Perhaps, you know, they've had maybe a couple of better chances here and there, but we still created an awful lot to win that game tonight. I think I'd be more concerned if we weren't creating anything at all. It's took a pretty heroic performance from Chris Maxwell and goal, just kind of reminiscent of the Charlton game a couple of weeks back. And again, I've not thrown Lee Burge under the bus, but maybe that's a difference in some of these games. Their, their big players have rose to the occasion. And it, it, I think it felt more of an occasion for Blackpool tonight. You've seen what it meant to them at full time. Mm, yeah. um, but again, look, I mean, if that's if that's like a warm-up game for a couple of weeks from now, that's your team talk, isn't it? For for those games going into the playoffs. These, these are beating you twice. They're going to be convinced they can come and do it. So now you go and beat them when it's more important. So, look, there's still plenty to fight for. I understand everybody's frustrations and stuff like that. But if the players decided to drag it in now we'd all be pissed off and going, you can't do that. So I think as fans and players alike, we're just going to have to try and get on with it, forget this run of form, four games to go as in there with a hope that we're going to Wembley for the fifth. But yeah, I'm I'm still confident we're going to go up. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. And I've, I've took a little bit of stick after the game of one or two on Twitter for being so optimistic last time out. And and my stance hasn't changed at all. I can't, I can't just allow my opinion to flip. Uh, week to week, game to game, it's... This is a long-term project. This is a difficult part of the season and ultimately we can't do anything really because we can't be there in person. All we can do is just sit at home and hope the players do their jobs and they haven't done it for the last three weeks, four weeks, whatever it's been. They just they haven't. They haven't turned up when we've needed them to. They've, they've not had the, ru- the rub of the green like tonight. Maybe a little bit more luck and we might have got something from the from the game, but 
I just don't see much point in dwelling on it really at this stage and I know that's really difficult for some people and I totally get it. And I mean tonight is a it would have been great to just come away in with three points into those last two games, qualified for the playoffs and you know, looking up rather than down. But like I said a little bit earlier on the show, I think that, you know, as fan base we're pretty easy to sway and a good win on Saturday will change the mood dramatically. And that has to be the focus now for the manager from the players. Like I say, get them round the table tomorrow morning and have it out and see what the problems are and what talk to them and see what they think needs to happen and what needs to change. And and also present that on the table and say, look, there's two games left and we just know that we can flip the mood of this place on its head with a massive, rousing, you know, spirited performance on Saturday. So go out and do it. Do your job. And and we'll all be looking forward towards the playoffs. And, and I think it's as straightforward as that. But yeah, I'm I'm totally, totally understanding people when they struggle to think along those same lines because it isn't it isn't easy being so optimistic tough, all the time. Yeah, and it is tough. And we all just want so badly to get out of this league and I guess in some if you you know, some people can see it slipping away slightly. Um, but the season hasn't ended yet. Until it's gone. We can't, like Craig said, we can't give up on them. But yeah, cheers lads, cheers for joining us. It was a bit more cathartic than I thought it might have been. <laughs> we could have just sat and slated everything, but I just don't see the merit in that at the minute. I think we've done a good job of uh, of remaining level-headed. Thanks everybody, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you at the weekend. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.